Hi there, and welcome to Lost Out Back, episode 9. I'm Kevin. Yes, and my name is John. And we are two non-Australians living in Australia, here to talk to you about it. Yes, and um, I hope you enjoy the show, because we've actually had people posting to our website, Kevin. That's I, right, I we've got feedback, it. and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. We can That's... we can talk all day if you like, but it's even better if we talk about things that you're asking about. But, but let's get this straight. Where, where is our feedback coming from, Kevin? Well, um... Do you mean where in the world? Yes. I understand that our first piece of feedback is from the Ukraine. Exactly. Yes. The Ukraine, a much, you know, underlooked place. You know, the connections between the Ukraine and Australia need to be strengthened. And I think this is the importance of this show. We are that we're building bridges. We are the unofficial diplomats of Australia to the Ukraine. Yes. And, and all I have to just say to um, our Ukrainian listeners is that... Um, I thought they did an outstanding job when they won the Eurovision Song Contest with uh, <laughs> with Roslana. Um, I'm a big fan of Roslana, and you know I, I I love her music. Well, we'll be getting to that uh, feedback in a minute, and uh, but let's get this show on the road. Let's get it on the road. So, John, I have been playing soccer lately. Wow. Okay, um, so soccer, uh, soccer in the British Isles, everybody calls football, and yeah. everywhere else they call it soccer, including Australia. Uh, really? I thought they called it football here as well. No, they call football football. Okay, great. Hey, <laughs> they call it the same thing as me. So, yeah, I've been playing soccer, and uh, it's a Friday evening thing for me where, where it's a, one of these city-wide competitions where anyone can throw together a team, and they've got several different levels, and whatever level you end up in is the determines the eight other teams you're playing against or however many it is. Because soccer um, isn't very big in Australia, ladies and gentlemen. No. Um, You'd be uh, as hard-pressed to find an ice hockey team in Melbourne. Yeah. I understand Melbourne does have an ice hockey team. Really? Yeah, we'll we'll have to go see them sometime and Uh, and report back. Uh, But, but, um, yeah, so soccer is... Because, like, what you have is... We've already told you about Australian rules football, which is this style of football that they play in Victoria, which is where Kevin and I are living. And then there's rugby, which they play in the northern part of Australia, which is, uh, yeah, it's like that English rugby, and it's very, very kind of slow-moving and quite (laughs) rough. So there's enough sports called football around. Might as well call it soccer. And um, But But yeah, as you said, soccer isn't very popular here. So all the people who would be going every Friday night and paying their money just to play soccer, you'd think they'd be there because they enjoy playing the game, but there's actually quite a bit of... Um, you know, rivalry going on. The people who are there t- seem to take it really seriously. I'm I'm just there to play for fun, but seriously, there's yellow cards going on and people shoving each other. It's 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 a. I think it's just a, a characteristic of Australian culture. If you're going to be playing sport, you got to take it seriously. Yes, yes. Um, uh, the the thing about soccer though is it is growing in popularity though. Well, yeah, especially with the World Cup coming. Yeah, up. yeah. Because uh, Australia got into the World Cup about thirty thirty two years ago yeah. was the last time they were in the World Cup. And I don't know, it was just a fluke or something that Australia got into it thirty two years ago. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember how they did, John? Uh, n- no, I well. Every every team that gets into the World Cup gets to play at least three matches, which is very generous. Yes. And um, Australia played its three matches in 1974 and won none of them and, in fact, didn't score a single goal. Oh. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. So it, no matter how badly they do this time, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying they're going to do badly. Um, Australia's facing off against Japan on June 12th, right next week. So, yeah, best of luck to them. But, uh, you know, 
they don't have a a lot to to rise to as far as expectations. No, no kind of like rich heritage. They've kind of had a break for thirty two years where they didn't do very well, and now they're back again. And well, nobody's really expecting very much of them. The only thing I have to say about Australia is that um, the official colour for Australia uh, is green and gold, mm. um, which looks remarkably similar uh, to the Brazilian team. <laughs> um, so if you see Brazil playing and they're doing really, really badly, it's not Brazil, it's yeah. Australia. Well, it's going to be really confusing in the second match that Australia has because they're actually facing off against Brazil in their second match. Oh, my God. <laughs> It'll be absolutely confusing. Just Is one of them of... green and gold and the other one gold and green? I, I don't hope know. so. It'll be just a sea of yellow. <laughs> Which is, yeah, exactly what happened in the last couple of matches before Australia uh, headed off to the World Cup. They they asked all their fans to come along wearing gold, and the stadium apparently was painted yellow. Um, and, yeah, quite amazing. Because I think I saw that match. The players were just like, they, they couldn't they couldn't kind of see anything because there was this, <laughs> this bright yellow. And The last match they played before they head off to headed off to the World Cup, was at the uh, MCG, the Melbourne Cricket Ground here in Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, they, they drew a crowd of 95,000 people. And this was a friendly match. There was no stakes involved. It was just, and who did they play? They played against Greece, which were the, the reigning European champs. So, yeah, they were up against a pretty strong side. Well, and as you know, the Greek... Uh, the Greek Diaspora. Uh, culture here in, in, in Melbourne is quite strong. Every time uh, Greece anywhere in the world plays in any kind of sporting event if they win you know it the next day in fact you know it that night because the greeks are out partying in melbourne and it's great to see and uh, in fact i you know i'm not australian so and you're not greek and i'm not greek but if you had asked me which one i would rather win in this friendly match i would have voted for the greeks i have to say because they know how to party better well, they're great dancers, you know. Well, yeah. um, you see them and they do that, that thing. But indeed, Australia won, won nothing. And, uh, you know, all of, the, all of the newspapers had the story. But were there people riding around in cars, tooting their horns and f- waving flags and stuff like that? No. 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 N- nobody cares. I, well, 95,000 people cared enough to show up. I have to give them that. But, but I think but, they all went home and... But I reckon those 95,000 were, were all Greeks. <sighs> I don't know about that. But anyway, but like it's it's the thing is that this this is a weird one because like football, um, as in soccer, is is really it's been given a bit of a chance in Australia now because Australia is actually get in the World Cup and it's why you do get a match like uh, the match between the Greeks at the MCG mm. and you get ninety five thousand people turning up to it, which is capacity by the way. Yeah. Um. So it's you know soccer. This could be the turning point for soccer in Australia because. Australians are obsessed with sport. Whenever they go overseas, they they punch well above their weight. For example, I think Australia is something like about fourth or fifth in the Olympic medal tally. And you're dealing We're with, talking about the Summer Olympics here. Yeah, Summer Olympics, the only Olympics. Um, <laughs> it's fourth or fifth in the medal tally. And you think, oh, well, fair enough. But you've got to bear in mind that they're facing off against like China, Russia, India... Um, the USA, countries with like populations that are, you know, maybe 10 times larger than Australia, mm. and it's coming fourth or fifth. Australians are obsessed with, with sport. Mm. The one exception is soccer. Australia is mm. not very good at it. And- well, their track record aside, I have to, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to put my money, uh, figuratively, of course, on uh, Australia bettering their record of 32 years ago. I, I reckon 
they will score at least one goal. An own goal. Uh, easy. <laughs> easy, John. We're trying to support the team here, right? Yeah, but like, no, they'll just get over there. They'll just be so confused. Uh, what do we do? You know, maybe when they're playing against Brazil and everyone's seeing yellow. Yeah, there'll be all this yellow. But what do we do when they're up against Japan, which are a very strong team? I understand. I think Australia versus Japan. I'm tipping at least one goal in Australia's column. Okay, and I'm tipping an own goal. <laughs> if you've got your own. Uh, tips about the uh, World Cup and Australia's performance in it, please do send it along to podcast uh, podcast at lostoutback.com or uh, leave a comment on our blog. Yes, and, and we, we might even read it. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, as you mentioned before, I think we have some feedback, John. Yes, we do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to go to the website now and have a look at this. Okay. And um, yeah, it was a, a great surprise to Kevin and I that we actually managed to get somebody posting something to our, our our blog. It wasn't a surprise to me. I knew they were just waiting, waiting in the wings. Oh, this is this. The floodgate has been opened. Yeah. Right. And um, Alexi Grev 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 I believe um, from from the Ukraine. Um, is actually, uh, I think, was inspired by the Vegemite episode that we did a, a, a while back. Mm. Um, that was Lost Outback 6, where Kevin was subjected to eating Vegemite, which is the Australian national cuisine. So uh, you read out his comments there. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll respond. Well, his comment is, um, Hi guys, I'm a big fan of your conversation, and I've got a question. Great. Uh, now imagine this with a Ukrainian accent. Well, do your best. Um no, I'm not. Because seriously, he's our only fan. I don't want to insult the guy. All right, okay. <laughs> okay? Um, We've there, probably butchered his name already. I probably have, yeah. Is there any other any other national food in Australia? I mean, other than Vegemite. Well, that's a, that's a great question. I, I'm sure we've got a few more episodes up our sleeves about national foods. But just off the top of my head, we've got the meat pie. Yes, which contains no meat. We, yeah, exactly. It will, we'll certainly come back to that. And um, we've got the uh, the sausage because, uh, like, uh, um, yes, I know that like other people eat sausages in the world, but there's this special sausage that you can get in Australia, which contains no meat, mm. and um, it's it's a cornerstone of the Australian cuisine. Yeah, and the very other, imp- the very important other Australian food, which is beer. Yes, and um, Kevin, I, I think we're planning on having a beer episode. Yes, time, tune in to Lost Outback episode 10 to hear all about Australian beer, Yeah, cause which I, literally is a meal in itself. Yes, it is. And uh, I feel that um, you know, I want to introduce the world to Australian beer because there is actually um, other beers other than Foster's. Mm. And um, I think we should do you know, a photo shoot. I think we should <laughs> taste it. We should sample it. And it, it will become the guide that people will refer to when they want to know about Australian beer. Great. We'll do that next week. So, so Alexi, to answer your question, yes, Australia does have other foods. Yeah. I, we, I certainly have lived in Australia for four years now and have gotten by without eating Vegemite until our episode. And probably will never eat it again. Yes, but um, sausages and meat pies and beer, Kevin eats them all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what else does uh, Alexi say? Um, I understand that such a young culture may have very few of them, as in like national foods. But anyway, dot, dot, dot. Well, yeah, that's a fair comment. Yes. Um, Of course, I could Google it, 
but it'd be better to get up-to-date information yeah, uh, rather than bare historical facts. So well, yeah, we, we know uh, we, we obviously can, you know, spin things a lot more interestingly, if not accurately, than Google. Right, so we're going to the next post. This is this is kind of it's riveting. Still coming from Alexi. Riveting radio. All right, now so we're going. This is because Alexi is he's prolific. He's he's given us two posts. So this is his second post to uh, episode number seven, where we uh, had a segment on talking Australian. Yeah. And um, here it goes. Um, um, it could be really fun if it wasn't so scary. That that is the Australian accent. I know how you feel, Alexi. Um, we are going to migrate to Australia in a couple of years. And polish our English right now. Oh. I find your Talking Australian section both funny, and at the same time, it scares me to death. It uh, scares me too, Alexi. <laughs> it needs no comments why it is funny, but it scares me because dot, dot, dot. Oh, you know, dot, dot, dot. Do everybody there speak this way there? Of course, if not counting you guys. Smiley face. <laughs> well, um... No, of course, not everyone um, in Australia speaks um, Australian, and, and uh, certainly John and I are two exceptions. Yes. And uh, we but we manage to get by in life. We scrape by in a with our with our non Australian accents. We're able to buy the essentials of life and like meat pies and, and sausages yeah, and, 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 and yeah beer. But the thing is, um, the guy that we that is talking Australian, um, th- this is um, you know it serves to to introduce to you how to talk Australian so that you will be accepted by the, the tribe. And it's, it's as a native, speaker. as a native speaker, if you are able to replicate the advice that we give in talking Australian, you too will be able to blend in with the natives and, and be mistaken for a true Australian. Yes. And, and make instant friends. So while not all Australians speak the way we advise you to do so, enough of them do uh, to make it exactly. a relevant and yeah. accurate guide. <laughs> So at the end of the day, we are here to entertain first and inform second, but that doesn't lessen the importance of our advice. Yes. So look, Alexi, um, thank you very much for um, posting to our show. And um, please feel free to post again and we, we will answer your questions. All, all questions and comments, please, to podcast at lostoutback.com. We're looking forward to your questions. So I'm thinking that we um, we need to take the the show up a gear now. Okay. All right. Um, I'm thinking that we've we've had fun, <laughs> and I think it's time to, um, to to get a bit of history. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you know you know what time it is. It's time once again for Dinkum Aussie history. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. welcome to Dinkum Aussie History. I can't wait. It's been too long. Um, this is the segment of the show where we uh, take a, a moment in Australia's history, Australia's colonial history, and we uh, explain it, we, we discuss and talk about it so that you will learn a little bit more about what makes Australia. About the, the misfits and criminals that make Australia great. Yes, um, but it, it's important history. But anyway, look, without further ado, I w- want to uh, talk today about the uh, 
The Rum Rebellion. The Rum Rebellion. I like the sound of it already. It's got it's got uprising. It's got alcohol. It's everything that makes Australia great. Yes, yes. Um, the Rum Rebellion uh, took place in 1808. Mm. And now Australia was, uh, well, the first colony in Australia was set up in 1788. So you can see that this is some 20 years right. after. And, um, you know, this colony was made up Just of- long enough to settle in and set up the breweries and the prisons and get everything in place. The groundwork, if you will, for Australian culture. Yes, yes. So, 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 as, as Kevin said, there was uh, you know a, a healthy prison population, mm-hmm. and um, kind of over that prison population, you had what was called the the New South Wales Corps, and the New South Wales Wales Corps were essentially soldiers um, that had red coats and guns, and they drank a lot of rum. Okay. Okay. Great. And because they had the guns, and because they weren't they, in prison. No, they weren't, but they should have been. So who was in prison? The prisoners were... The people that stole bread in England were in the prisons. So the people in the prison were the bread eaters, and the people guarding the prison were the rum drinkers? Basically, yes. Well, okay. Right. And already you can see the foundations of what made Australia great. Yes. And you see, what happened was that... I'm a bread eater myself, I have to admit. Yeah, and I, I drink a lot. But I'm here because I empathize with the rum drinkers. Okay. Um, so anyway, w- w- what happened was that uh, essentially the way that the economy was working was um, rum was actually pretty much the legal tender. Of course it was. You wouldn't buy much for a loaf of bread. No, no, no. Um, so the, the New South Wales Corps, the... the, the, the so no cigarettes in prison. It was just, you know, no. trading in... Uh, hang on, I've got it backwards. The prisoners were all about the bread. Was it, was it, were they trading loaves of bread for favors in prison? The prisoners were downtrodden, wearing chains, smashing rocks. They mm. don't really enter into the story much. It's the, it's, it's the New South Wales Corps, right? The soldiers, they were, they were drinking a lot. Okay. Right? And what they would do is essentially rum was the de facto currency of mm. the economy. Yeah. And uh, most uh, uh, trading was done in units of rum. Units of rum. What, what would you call one unit of rum? A, a barrel of rum. Wow. Yeah, you oh. know. so Heavy steaks. Yeah, exactly. Imagine having a purse full of rum. You yeah, know? exactly. So you can see that the economy wasn't really working very well. well. Yeah, I was, if any, everyone had to carry around at several barrels of rum to buy things, you, you wouldn't be get pretty very rough far. Down, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what happens is that uh, the, the, the crown... The Maybe you could print pieces of paper with a number of barrels of rum on it and have it as a currency. And, you know, the same way that the, the currency in, in North America, for example, it isn't anymore, but at one time it was supported by the gold reserves at, at Fort Knox. And, and all of the paper corresponded to a certain amount of gold. In Australia, they could have had this stockpile of rum. Yes. Which, which would correspond to currency. Again. The only problem that I could see with this is that you would need people to guard that stockpile. Hence the New South Wales Corps. And they would drink all of the rum. Yeah, and that's what they did. So, so anyway, what happened, what happened, right, was that they decided, the Crown, that is, decided that they, would, would, that they wanted to smash this uh, kind of... The uh, Crown, the, the English. English Crown, yeah. Right. Wanted to smash the, the rum moguls down here in Australia. So they weren't happy with the way things were No, they weren't, run. they weren't. So they sent down a special man, and that special man was William Bly. Bly. Right, now, do you know, do you know who William Bly was? No. Right. Very, very quick segue here. William Bly had another adventure in history that was probably a bit more famous. He sounds like a character out of a Jane Austen novel or something like that. A bit of a pansy. He was. Great. Um, he was the guy who... I uh, bet you those rum drinkers taught him what for. 
he was a guy what was it now it was uh it was like about 10 years earlier i think it was he was sailing around the south pacific and uh he was being a bit nasty on his boat he was the captain of the boat and everybody in the boat says ah you're an idiot and there was a mutiny and it was the mutiny on the bounty (laughs) okay i've heard of this before yeah 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 so and it was like a film they made a film of it a few years ago and it was mel gibson was in it was mel gibson william bly no he wasn't of course not because mel gibson is no pansy no no he was fletcher christian he's many things but he's no pansy and you had uh anthony hopkins was william bly oh well okay you had liam neeson it was amazing anyway we're not going to talk about that Mm. so what happened was um mutiny on the bounty uh, on the bounty and William Bly is sent back to England and it's really horrible and ashamed and kind of like lives the life of a recluse so for two years. So either when he is told he's going back to Australia. Well, he'd never been to Australia. So oh, well, he was he, sent to Australia. The, the, on think, the bounty, he was on his way to Australia? I don't know. He was just buggerizing around in the South Pacific. Okay. Well, right? he was near there. Right. But anyway, he... Probably he, shaking in his boots with the news that he would be heading back to that part of the world. Anyway, he heads down, okay, and he's made the governor of uh, New South Wales. And the, the, he's there for about, you know, six months or so. And he says, <laughs> yeah, good luck to him. And he says, I'm sick of this. No, you know, thank you. I won't have any rum. Yeah, well, the thing is, he didn't drink, you know. And he, yeah. was, he, was a, he was a God-fearing Christian. So he's like, you know, they'd say, do you want some rum? And he says, no, 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 I don't want any. Mm. So anyway, he decides to smash the, the, the rum monopoly. And guess what happens? <sighs> well, I would imagine... That uh, the New South Wales Cora, was it? Yes, yes, yes. I think they would label him as one of the bread eaters. Yes, yes. And stick him in the prison with the rest of them. And that's exactly what happened. Great. It was that's the, the way things should happen. You know, it took us a while to get there, ladies and gentlemen. We finally got there. And it he, was the Rum Rebellion. This right? was the Rum Rebellion? Yeah, yeah. They, they basically, you know, the governor was the <laughs> highest... Was the highest officer in the land. He was the the the, the king or queen's now this is, representative. This is eighty years before Australia became Australia. Yeah, yeah. This was the uh, the New South Wales colony, and already they were throwing representatives of the the crown in prison for being a a, a being, dirty bread eater, being idiots. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the the New South Wales court. Uh, I think you know they they were the rum was taken away from them. They sobered up for half oh, an hour, tried, yeah, that's and right. they had a rebellion tried to take the rum away from. Yeah, them. they had a, exactly. It's like, like what an idiot! You know, if you're going to try and take rum away from people, you should at least, um, you know, try the rum, get in friendly with them, and then go. You know what, guys? As a rum drinker like you, I think we should set the rum aside. I'm not saying this would work, but it'd probably work a lot better than going and go, guys. I don't need rum. You don't need rum. Get rid of the rum. Yeah, you know, he, he was asking for trouble, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, he's, he's... How long did it take him between arriving in Australia and deciding that the rum had to go? Uh, I don't know. It was a few months. I think he was obviously He plotting. probably planned it on the boat over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote it in his diary. Dear what diary, I'm going dark. to take the rum away from them. Yeah. So anyway, they, the, the, the soldiers uh, uh, capture him. They seize government's ha- government house and they capture him. They shove him in a boat and they send him down to Van Diemen's land. Um, Van Diemen's Land. Yeah, down in Tasmania. For for two years, he's in a boat. Why would they change such a great name? I know. It should have stayed as Van Diemen's Land, shouldn't Van it? Van Diemen's yeah, it Land. Really should have. I'm just going to call it Van Diemen's Land from I think on. we have to have a campaign on this show that Tasmania should be called Van Diemen's Land again. Yeah, let, you know? it really please should. write in to podcast at lostoutback.com and express your preference, Tasmania or Van Diemen's Land. Yes. So, anyway, look, that's... Essentially, and if you say Tasmania, it's because you're a dirty bread eater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's essentially the Rome Rebellion, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what ends up happening... He rotted he, in prison with the other Reddies. He's, he's, in, yeah, he's in this kind of... It wasn't effectively house arrest. It was boat arrest for two years down in Tasmania at Van Diemen's Land. And then he's, he's brought back and he kind of gets off the boat and they say, oh, look, we're sorry. Um, we were a bit pissed. Um, <laughs> the, the, the rum run out temporarily. We run out temporarily. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, what do we do? Yeah. Oh, God. You know, bring him back. And um, it's not good so, enough. So the British Crown did nothing. Well, well, they took they took I think some of the ringleaders back to England, and okay. they said. Oh. So they sent down a replacement. Yeah, and the, was uh, a rum leader, rum drinker like the rest. Well, the replacement was uh, was uh, Macquarie, and Macquarie actually was rather successful. And yeah, was quite wow. a good governor. There's a lot of things called Macquarie around. Yeah, universities and stuff like that named after him. But anyway, Bly was a bit bit hopeless, bit bit useless, and uh, essentially spent most of his his time as governor of Australia as um, in boat arrest down in Van Diemen's Land. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to wrap it up. That is. <laughs> The, the Rum Rebellion of 1808 to 1810. Yeah, well, let that be a lesson to all the dirty bread eaters out there. The rum drinkers will get you yes, if you stand in their way. So look, I think that this is, um, you know, in keeping with Australian tradition and history, I think that this is a, a really good excuse and reason why we should do um, uh, a beer show next week. Yeah, and in the meantime, uh, drink, drink, drink a glass of rum. To salute the Rum Rebellion. Yes, yes. yes. And, and, so this and the solid foundation it built for Australian culture to follow. Exactly. And the thing is, like, ultimately, where Australia ultimately stabilised, everybody says that Australia stabilised because we um, developed kind of uh, self-governance and, uh, and laws and, and rule of the land. Well, sure. I mean, they're a, they're a colony of, a, of, of England, and England says, okay, we're going to send down the guy to govern it. And they go, no, he's, an, he's a loser. We're putting him in prison instead. Send someone else. Someone who knows how to party. Uh, I have another theory, though. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so Australia, you know, was essentially this place that uh, developed stability through, you know, natural evolution of laws, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever. No, 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 exactly. no. It wasn't that way. What happened was initially they were drinking rum. It was a bit too hard. And then they developed beer. And beer was a bit softer. Right. And they could, you could still go to work. And you can party and still get things done. Yeah. And the problem that we have now in Australia is that Australia is shifting towards, um, it's becoming a nation of wine drinkers. Uh-uh. And it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen to Australia in the next hundred years, given that the first hundred years was rum, then the second hundred years was beer. Now we're entering into the third stage of Australian I'm evolution. I'm tipping the Cabernet wine. Rebellion is not far away. That the Chardonnay, you know, lefties will come out and re- rebel. <laughs> at the very least, the Shandy Rebellion. Uh, yes, the Shandy Rebellion, yes. More right. on that at another time. Okay, look, I think we've, we've well and truly talked out of our proverbial for far too long. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, putting up with us this week. Um, go back to wherever you are in the world, particularly the Ukraine. And um, have a good time. We'll and talk to you in a week. And, and uh, good luck. Go Socceroos. The, we never even mentioned the name of the team. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, God, we are totally scatty this week, ladies and gentlemen. The Australian football team, the Australian soccer team, um, is called the Socceroos. Go Socceroos at the World Cup. I'm tipping one goal against Japan. And I'm tipping an own goal. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to uh, the Lost Outback podcast. Visit us at lostoutback.com. Leave us your feedback and questions, and we'll be sure to answer them. You can also email us at podcast at lostoutback.com. Thank you to the Podsafe Music Network for all music used in the show. And as usual, this episode is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Bye now. Bye now.
Yep, bye.